Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Central. How you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes and welcome to this week's Tank Radio with all the latest in tech around Ireland and across the world. Thank you for downloading from our website at techcentral.ie using your favourite podcast app on your smartphone or indeed listening on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. It is the future now. This is our show for the week ending July the 3rd and for anybody who's listening to us in America, I suppose, happy Independence Day, July 4th, the whole thing. Uh, joining me online is uh, Niall Kitson at Tech Central HQ and later on he has been down at the I didn't even know that Ireland had a digital research centre and uh, Niall has been to visit the uh, not only one of them but the biggest and the best we'll find out more about that later but first Niall you have been delving into the hottest new products from Apple Computers Inc yeah, uh, we're going to do a little bit of a like for like here because uh, you're a Spotify guy. You're a paid subscriber, yes? Absolutely. One of 15 million in the world out of their 60 million user base, which is pretty good. It's pretty impressive uh, considering that they're a, a platform company, not necessarily a, a media company. Uh, I, on the other hand, this week have been playing with Apple Music, uh, which is the big story of the week. But uh, just for a quick comparison, Apple has 800 million iTunes accounts. That is not to say active iTunes users downloading music or anything from them, but uh, accounts listed on their database, right? So that gives you an idea of the scale involved. So Apple only needs a teeny tiny portion of their user base to actually go, you know what, this streaming service is actually pretty good. I'm getting value out of it. It's got a good catalog. Mm. Um, Musicians seem to be getting a reasonably good deal out of it in the sense that streaming services are a lousy deal for musicians to begin with. I may hang on to it. That's, that now, is a staggering fact because essentially what you're saying is that if only 2% of people who use iTunes sign up for this new Apple Music service, they're already as big as Spotify. That's it, yeah. So wow. without really trying, mm. Apple have beaten the competition. <laughs> Anyways, listen, uh, you have yeah, been trying. So you've downloaded Apple uh, Apple Music and you've been trying it out. D- tell me yeah, about this I, whole download process. And, and, and right, The process was fairly easy, actually. Um, it linked into my iTunes account, so it already had my card details, uh, which is sort of intrinsic to the, the uh, sort of the rollout. The mm. idea is that it's frictionless. Uh, it will cost nine ninety nine a month, but hey, we've already got your card details. It's not like you're giving up anything new to us like you had to at Spotify. So it's it's kind of frictionless that way, but you can switch off the automatic uh, payment um, uh, element in your account settings. So you can go in and go, you know what, I'm really not interested in paying nine ninety nine after three months. You can just tap off auto-renew and that's it. So I think that's one of the first things people should do once they get their free trial. Turn off the auto-renewal. And hey, you know, if you do like it after three months... Well, then pay for it. By all means, yeah. yeah. But don't get stuck in a situation where you start paying for something almost unconsciously. Yes. If you you know what I mean, right? So auto-renew, turn that off straight away. Now, uh, what it will do is it will next take you to uh, sort of a screen where you go... Uh, okay, tell us a little bit about uh, the music you like. So you, you put in a few artists that you like and these little sort of bubbles come up. You, you say what genres you like and then it gives you a bunch of selections and you tap on which ones you like and you can put together as many sort of artists, as many selections as you like. And I only realized this after doing like three screens worth of 
artist that I like <laughs> with varying degrees of passion. So I was like, yeah, okay, right. I really want stuff based on this and this and this and this. And then I reached a point where, you know what, if Apple Music can do nothing for me after this, they are hopeless. That's it. <laughs> so uh, you can, you finish that screen, you give it an idea of what you like, then it sort of goes off and it compiles a little list for you. Now, for me, it took, um, it took quite a while for that list to compile to the, to the stage where I actually went, I've had enough of this, went out of the app, went back in, and there was a full list. So I think there's a few bugs still in there in the, the music app, which incidentally pops up on your um, iOS device in the exact same spot reserved for music. Ah, right, okay. Right? So if you get the latest version of iOS, the tab on the bottom where it says music, guess where that brings you? Yeah, it brings you to Apple Music because it's frictionless and it's easy. Thumbs oh. up. <laughs> Take from that what you will. Um, so I've been through the catalog. Um, it has, it's not perfect. There's a, a few artists that I would want to listen to that aren't up there. Uh, for me, I would like to listen to Tool. Their music is up there. Uh, other people might like to listen to Prince or the Beatles. Their music is not there. Uh, I imagine there's quite a, quite a few more artists um, that have yet to make the jump. Uh, and I think it's kind of inevitable when you look at the way Apple is doing something. Now, something Apple abandoned and they brought back. You might remember they had a music-based social network built into iTunes called Ping. And it was sort of half an idea of we'll connect you to your friends. You can see what your friends are listening to. You can also connect to artists. You can see what, you know, what, what, uh, uh, what they're up to sort of as a, a news feed, that kind of thing. And it all, it all presented itself in a single news feed. And it didn't, it died a death, really. What, they, uh, what a feature that's built into Apple Music now is called Connect. Very similar to Ping in that you can follow artists and you get uh, updates as to what they're doing. Um, so that's, you know, it's a, it's a holdover. It's quite nice. Um, I found the recommendations based on what you're listening to be quite accurate, quite interesting. The only problem is these appear on the right hand side of the screen. And for me, they weren't clickable. So I was getting a list of bands that I'm that I might like, but I still had to go into the search box and input their names before I could actually get any material back. So I think that's something that's going to have to be fixed. Um, just because, it's, you know, it's it's not obvious, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, I also liked the fact that it gave you a little bit of a bio on each band that you're listening to, uh, which I found really helpful, especially when you're digging into recommendations uh, where, you know, it's a band that you haven't heard of before and you want to know a little bit about them just before you kick on into listeners. So it's all the little ancillary st things that I think Apple Music set it apart on a functional level, uh, which is pretty good. Um, oddly enough, you and I are in disagreement over the um, uh, why you give up the credit card. Um, you're you're a fan of I'll go freemium I'll give the card details me I'm actually a fan of we already have your details on file have your free trial and then make a decision reason being if you look at another company that does it Netflix um, they are very good at retaining users even after they do their one month trial they might go away for a while they might come back oh we have your account details on file it's super easy to sign up again. Uh, I think Apple Music are making it easier for people to sign up to a paid tier. And I think that's why it's going to do well enough to keep going. Tell me, um, just finally, um, on the interface, because I now I haven't seen Apple Music, okay? Um, and I don't have an iPhone. So, and it's only available on iPhone and, and tablets and stuff. It's not available on a computer yet, or is it? Or 
Uh, yeah, I couldn't find it on my on my iTunes, which was slightly disappointing. And uh, but it will be on Android in the near future. All right, okay. Um, how? Because I know iTunes, and I'm used to that kind of. You know, you find a song and da da da, and you stick it into your list, and away you go. Does Apple Music look anything like iTunes, or is it just a different way of organizing music? It's it's a different way of organizing music, right. um, mostly because iTunes is now this monster where you have apps and you have movies. Um, bundled in on top of your music Mm -hmm. itunes is it's a store you know itunes is a misnomer for it at this stage you know um music is only one part of the of what they do um apple music the interface is different it's much more um spotify like i suppose uh if you want to look at it that way yeah Uh, it's much lighter and uh for me i like the responsiveness of it i thought it was pretty good all right, so a good uh, a good review from uh, from Nile. You're actually almost making me tempted to dig out an old iPhone or something like that and uh, and to try it out for myself. I'll see. Actually, well, give it a go, but you need iOS eight point three point four or greater. Oh God, here we go. The old Apple way. All right, don't get me started. Listen, tell me, you've been out and about this week as well uh, to the National Digital Research Centre. What is it that, that they do? Yeah, the National uh, Digital Research Centre, or NDRC, is as it is commonly known, is uh, it's one part workspace. And what they also do is they run a number of accelerator programs, which is basically um, they will run competitions every so often. Where if you have a business idea, you can enter it into one of these competitions, and they will go. Actually, yeah, that's that's pretty good. And they will take you on. They will invest a little bit of money in your idea, and they will help you develop. Uh, that idea into a into a viable company. So that's pretty much the work that they do at the moment. And uh, I went out there to uh, Crane Street to visit the CEO, Ben Hurley, to find out a little bit more about it. I am out at NDRC this afternoon, which is the National Digital Research Centre, um, although a little bit more about that and on. Uh, I'm meeting with the CEO, uh, Ben Hurley, who's going to tell us a little bit about what the kind of work that goes on here, the um, kind of companies that we're seeing here, and uh, a little bit more about how the centre is attracting foreign investors to develop an interest in Irish companies. But um, first off, you brought, you led me on a, a mini tour of the facility when we came in, and for a place that hosts so many companies, it's not the traditional idea of you've got X amount of floor space, you've got offices, you've got cubicles. It's all open plan, it's hot desking and a company doesn't need to have a sales department and a developer department or whatever a company can be as small as three or four guys sitting at a desk i think that's sort of testament to the nature of technology companies that you can have big products with such small teams yeah uh, welcome Niall to, to ndrc in the first place um, i think it is an indicator of what we're doing uh, in the ecosystem so maybe if i give a little bit of backdrop as to why that uh, environment is, is what we have here i suppose our, our role in the ecosystem is really as we, being the first investor uh, that's out there for high-tech ventures we're going into ventures at, at a concept stage where there's a solid concept a good team and a big market opportunity but still at a very very early stage a stage that typically other investors would not invest in that company and we're helping helping those companies get to the point where they become um, seed investable by next stage follow-on investors. Um, To do that, it's a case of attracting in companies at that early stage. And that's why, you know, the, the numbers can be small. Teams of as little as two or three people um, uh, can be the, 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 the number of a company at that stage. While they test out their idea, start bringing that idea to its first stages of coming to market um, and get some feedback on that and start to mould and build the company around that for its, its, its next stage of growth. 
So I suppose what we do then is, is that first, as a first stage uh, investor, is that we invest through two different programs and two different types of ventures. We invest uh, through our NDRC Launchpad program in companies that have very innovative business model, innovation-driven ideas. So, you know, it, it can be a piece of technology that helps um, uh, build a marketplace, um, maybe connecting buyers and sellers, for example, in marketplace ideas, or it can be something that solves a particular problem for uh, a corporate. Uh, and they have an innovative business model around that. The other type of venture we invest in is one that has deep IP or deep science behind it. And I suppose the difference there is that, you know, if you have something deep IP, deep science, it gives you to some degree a bit of an advantage in the marketplace because you have a special way of doing things but it's also a bit of a constraint because you have to go uh, down a route that can leverage that IP. So, you know, we have two different ways of looking at those types of ventures and, and uh, but fundamentally what we're about is supporting them at that vulnerable stage where they're trying to validate their idea um, with first stage customers and prove out their business model that there is something in the idea. And then in addition to that, I guess what we, we, we do as well is, is we're kind of like an intelligent filter for the next stage investors coming in. Ventures that have come through NDRC uh, tend to be ventures that have uh, been, you know, given a good old drubbing in terms of does your idea work and, you know, where are you going with your business and doing that at pace as well. So the, the combination of uh, investors, next stage investors, knowing that's been done, plus the fact that we've got a strong reputation for doing that now at this stage are what kind of give them that strong, intelligent filter uh, view on what we're doing as well. Um, so just to come back to your starting point there about uh, you know, the, what ventures, the, the layout and the open plan layout here. Fundamentally, what we do at that kind of uh, stage is we, we look at, we're trying to accelerate the venture as fast as possible. And there's three key elements in that. A, a modest bit of financial investment in the company that kind of helps lubricate the wheels and also gives the mechanism for a return because we are looking to get a return out of these investments over time. Uh, so that's very, very important. Um, then it's after that, it's, a, it's about people. Um, and the people are, you know, our own uh, experts, other uh, mentors and advisors we reach out to and bring and connect closely with our ventures. Um, and then thirdly, the ventures themselves. And that's where it kind of loops back to your original starting point in this is the ventures themselves are, are peer learning uh, individuals. They're coming into an environment where everybody's trying to achieve the same thing, roughly, with different ideas, but trying to achieve the same thing. And it's the amount of learning um, they get from each other in that environment that um, uh, makes a big difference. So it is all very much open plan. It's pods of two or three people sitting at their, their desks beside another pod of two or three people in another venture. Um, and you know the interaction there is as they try and achieve certain stages of, of developing their idea, they're seeing others trying to uh, do the same thing and they're learning um, through that peer engagement and figuring out their own answers to their own problems through uh, that experiential environment that's there. I suppose it can be uh, uh, an easily set up but quite a difficult to understand networking effect really where you have people sharing how to run a company without really wanting to give, give away too much about the project that they're working on. But do you see much pollination uh, or sorry, cross-pollination of ideas between companies that certainly wouldn't have met unless they were under this roof? There, there's certainly uh, cross-pollination uh, even coming into NDRC. So in the past, you know, um, and uh, quite recently, in fact, we've, we've had ventures come to us where their ideas are in pretty much similar spaces. And we've, we've 
broker the connectivity between them such they can understand that in early stage. And in fact, some of those in one of our more, more successful ventures actually combined before we ever invested in them. So it was two ideas coming from two different areas. Uh, one was coming with very deep industry expertise um, and, and long-term industry expertise. And the other one was coming with very deep technology um, approach to how to solve the problem. But they're both fundamentally coming at it from a very similar point of view that they understood a, a new problem in that industry that needed um, uh, sorting out. So brokering that together meant that we had a stronger team and a much better um, investment. When they're actually in here, typically, you know, we, we don't invest at any point in time in two, two ideas that are exactly the same. So we're, that, that, that wouldn't happen, right? And because one of the things we're, we're always going to filter out anyway is, is me two ideas. And we see a lot of them, but we um, uh, filter them out early in our own selection processes. So when they're here, um, you know, it, it, you know, there's, there's thousands of, idea, of ideas. It's, it's actually about how you convert that idea into a business is the key thing. So, so the implementation and execution against your idea is what's key there. And that's where they learn from each other. They're going after different markets. There might be some crossover in customers, but unlikely the exact same problem space being addressed. So there's a good kind of cross-pollination there in terms of connectivity and reach-outs and stuff like that. Um, but where the biggest sharing is actually in, in uh, understanding what to do first um, and what to focus on. And that's where we're kind of bringing that guidance. We've seen it all before. We're saying, look, as a venture, start at the point you're at, want to be uh, ready for next stage investment within the next three to four months. Um, these are the things you need to focus on right now. So it's dis- distinguishing between what's, what's, what's something that needs to be f- solved down the road versus what's important to prove right now that you've got a good, strong idea that will attract investment. That's a very interesting point you raise about Me Too uh, ideas. One would imagine that... There are trends and there are fashions occurring in startups as much as in any other walk of life, really. Have you seen any particular areas become more and less popular? Like, uh, are we seeing sort of the end of a particular kind of technology or uh, startups interested in animation or new media sort of fading away when you see more practical fields, maybe like fine tech or med tech, really finding their feet? Yeah, another good question. Yeah, so I think the the things that tend to come in as short-term trends are, are things like, you know, everything was an app for a while because the app store came out and, and the, the whole concept of mobile apps was important. So every prop idea was nearly about an app for this and an app for that. That's not to say that there aren't great opportunities for apps, but, you know, it was nearly the app opportunity space was driving the idea rather than the problem and the solution that was being addressed, right? Um, another one that came up for a period of time was everything was about social media um, and uh, how do you, uh, the future of uh, customer engagement through social media. And absolutely, you know, social media has a huge um, uh, um, uh, part to play there in that connectivity to customers but not every idea needs to be around that so what we're finding now is that ideas that are actually um, focused much strongly on known customer problems in domains and looking for solutions to those so it's the application of the technology to solve the problem rather than the technology itself is very very important um, and the ones that are coming in uh, that we're seeing a, a, a bit of depth in our portfolio are areas like um, financial services technologies and we'd like to see more of that there is good opportunity in that but they need to be again looking at very specific um, problem spaces in that um, and I think there is an openness broadly speaking in that industry which is which is broadly speaking an, an industry that might be slow to, to change Right? But certainly an openness to innovation as well, which is, which is very strong. And clearly it's, a, it's, a, it's an area that's going to attract investment internationally. Another space that's been very good for us is, is the, broadly speaking, that, health, that healthcare space or the health tech. Uh, companies like Silvercloud Health, which is now um, a market leader in terms of uh, providing mental health care uh, online to, to um, uh, various different companies. 20% of the NHS um, is using uh, Silvercloud Health, for example. They're strong uh, propositions as well. Um, outside of that, we are also very keen to get ideas that have very deep technology 
technology or deep science behind them. Um, and not exclusively so, but certainly very keen to look at those kind of uh, areas as well. And is it a case um, also that these trends might be defined almost from the, the top down, if you will, from the investor's perspective? Uh, or are we seeing bottom up from deep research? Or are we seeing a, a meeting in the middle? It's very much a meeting in the middle is, is what we found to be most successful. So when we're looking for stuff, we're certainly reaching out there to our next stage investors and looking at the long-term prospects of, of what we think might be successful uh, in the marketplace over the next um, two, three or four years, right? Um, so bringing that kind of knowledge into our own decision-making is important in that regard. But then also being open to what's coming down the line, what's coming from the research uh, environments, what's coming from the marketplace in general, innovations and entrepreneurs in the marketplace, being open to what they're doing in, in terms of driving change um, in terms of what's, what's, what's going to be successful or not in the marketplace as well. So it's a meeting of those two in the middle. If you go with um, either perspective alone, um, you, you'll, you'll either miss opportunities or you, you'll stifle opportunities. So it's getting the right balance is, is important there. One of the interesting things about uh, accelerators uh, and incubators, I suppose, uh, in Ireland in general at the moment, is that they're almost becoming a rite of passage for startups in that UCD has their own, Trinity has their own. It almost seems like this sort of logical step that, you know, you finish up college, you get a business idea, you go into an accelerator. How do you combat that almost sense of entitlement that some people might have coming out of college and looking to start their own company? Yeah, interesting question. I mean, there's two aspects to that. One is, is there a sense of entitlement? But the other one is, well, what's an accelerator? And uh, in our view, you know, there's there's a big difference between an accelerator and an incubator. Um, accelerators are actually trying to achieve something, specifically working with the companies as opposed to incubators, give them a place to stay, which is a good thing to have as well, right? Um, and then there's accelerators and accelerators. And I think, you know, NDRC, we won the, the leading accelerators in, in globally. In fact, it was ranked in the top 2.5% of uh, university business incubators uh, internationally as well. So that's a strong ranking. Um, but, you know, the key thing that comes down to it is that when we're looking at ideas, we're looking at them from the point of view of, are they investable? So somebody coming straight from college may well have an idea that is entirely investable, in which case, great, okay? Um, but it's all about the idea and moving it forward. This is not an educational program. You will learn a lot through it, right? Uh, but the focus is much more experiential and goal focus in terms of the outcome for the venture so it has to be a successful venture um, so in that sense you know what we focus on is going to be is this idea worth something if we see a team that is uh, you know a strong team but not with the right idea we'll certainly give feedback into them so as they can come forward again so even the interaction to see if you can um, get onto NDRC Launchpad or NDRC Venture Lab is a strong positive interaction that way um, so you know I don't see it as, as being necessarily a question about entitlement as such I think you know we've always invested in the basis of merit um, so the best quality ones will get will get through and uh, it's not a team or a course or anything like that. It is an experiential thing where you'll be doing a lot of work to actually build out a business as opposed to be learning, how, learning your, your next stage of your career development. Uh, and of course, given that there are so many companies have come through NDRC successfully, uh, which companies have really struck you as being, they come in the door and you go, wow, that's, that's remarkable from the get-go. I, I know this is going to be something special. And they have gone on and fulfilled their potential. Um. You know, it, that kind of comes back to the question around what happens when they run the program as well. And, um, you know, going through the investment program, some of them are just marginally refining their ideas. Um, they'd be few and far between, right? And then there's the ones that, um, you know, 
have a substantial pivot going through the whole activity. Um, I suppose I could go back to the example of one that's kind of come in with a fairly solid idea and then built that out um, through iteration um, uh, and it's still in the same core space. Silver Cloud Health would be a good example of that. I mean, it was, it was strongly proven um, uh, knowledge and learnings that have been built up through Trinity College, um, uh, a combination of computer science being applied to, to mental health care that was then brought through that commercial kind of uh, challenge of how do we make a business of this and fundamentally they're succeeding in that space. Um, there'll be a few more cases of ventures that have uh, pivoted quite significantly. Um, and a, a good example of that would be uh, Log Entries as a company that came to us with um, uh, some IP that they had, uh, but over time, you know, in terms of the growth of what was happening in cloud um, computing and the growth of data service time, changed quite substantially their, their overall offering uh, at the end of that. Uh, and I suppose, uh, just to finish up there, you raised the um, point about NDRC being, an, uh, I think, one of the top 25 accelerator, uh, accelerators in the world, I believe, at the moment, uh, or certainly in the... the That's right, yes. Um, just what makes a good accelerator, then? Well, what, are, what is so special about NDRC that people come and people from the outside look in and go, wow, we got to copy this? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, and I guess the, the, the key ingredients are uh, we've got the experience now. I mean, we've made it, we're very much a, a kind of learning organization. Um, you know, one of the things we do is iterate just as much as our startups iterate. We learn from our own um, things that work for us and things that don't work for us. We, work, we learn from that and build them back into uh, how we do things at the next, in the next cycle. So that kind of experience is deep. Um, you know, we've worked with over 170 companies at this stage. That's a very deep, again, experience base behind us that gives us a, a, an edge. We're not just here kind of coming at it, here the, here the ingredients, um, just have the ingredients. We know the recipe that actually makes um, uh, the accelerator work as well. Um, but I think on top of that, it, it helps a huge amount to have uh, the, the brand built on top of the track record. So the track record is there then enables us to have a strong brand. And that's actually helped both to us to find the best ventures, but to the ventures themselves then when they come here and go through here and understand that you know they're, they're going to have a, a real challenge at both stages but come out at the strong for it and with our, rep with our uh, brand behind them. Um, and then hugely importantly is having invested in over 170 companies is all those ventures that are out there, all those people that we've worked with um, over time as well. Uh, very, very strong uh, pool of uh, people that we can draw from, learn from, feedback into the cycle, connect our current ventures with um, and, and so on. So that's a huge part of what we have. With all those ingredients thing things we're finding that are adding now to that is that um, you know, we're finding corporates are more um, uh, becoming more open to engaging and, and reaching out to NDRC and, and looking to see uh, what can be done with us. Um, so that kind of thing is a nice add-on to, to a successful accelerator as well. Excellent. Thanks so much, Ben. Okay, thanks very much, Niall. And that was Niall Kitson talking to Ben Hurley, the CEO of the National Digital Research Centre. Uh, believe it or not, that is it for our tech radio show for today. Time flies when you're having fun. Uh, Niall, just while I think of it, the, the, the one story online on the, on the website at techcentral.ie that we didn't get to talk about on the show today, what, what would you say it was? Yeah, very good news from the EU. It is finally abolishing roaming charges. Yes, we talked about this a couple of years ago, but it looks like it'll be the middle of June 2017 before they are finally gone across the Eurozone. 
Excellent. Good news, I think. Listen, for more on that and for hourly updates on tech news, along with daily newsletters uh, from techcentral.ie, as well as our tech radio show online and every Friday at 6pm on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. And so next week for myself, Dusty, and from Niall at Tech Central HQ. Thanks for listening. Take care. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com. Tech Central.